guys, and welcome back to Scoop Phase. This is episode number three. As always, I am Baby Ankles, Zach Hicks. And I'm Day Day. Fucking and terrible week. <laughs> Day Day terrible week. And uh, today we actually have a special guest. This is our first special guest on the Scoop Phase. Why don't you tell us, uh, tell us about yourself? Uh, well, my name's Clay, but a lot of my friends call me Goose. Um, I got into magic probably just a couple weeks before the Scars Mirrored and Block came out. Uh, just played casual for a little while and still do every once in a while, but starting to take it a little more serious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so when you started, were you, did you immediately start going into like constructed or did you try to draft it all or? I didn't do any of that. I just started buying tons and tons of the latest. Had that crack. Packs. It's like crack, huh? Yes, it was an addiction. Yeah, I was right. kind of like that, and then decided I'm not buying packs anymore unless I'm in a draft. Yeah, buying singles is so much better. Yeah. I told myself I was going to do that, but I couldn't. Well, I basically had to force myself into it, other than my pack to power I'm starting today. and I'm starting a pack to power. Yeah, to I'm going to be gay and yeah. do it, I'm gonna, but whatever. I'm going to get an ancestral recall, and you're going to get like a, a mind's labor. That's not really power, so that means you Oh, yeah, All right, maybe. so Clay, what oh. was the first deck you played? The first deck I ever played, Dede had this mono red deck that he was teaching me how to play. Um, nothing too fancy, but it got me into the game. Um, <laughs> I was, remember that. It was pretty cool. Um, yeah, figure of destiny for the win. Yeah, it had, it had red Kamal, and I thought he was pretty cool, and then I ended up going out. Remember when I ripped that cough? Hmm? Remember when I got that cough? It was, it was pretty sick. Like, like five of us freaked out. We were like, oh, shit. Like, because none of us ever had a Planeswalker. We were like, shit. And, I like, don't even remember what my first Planeswalker was. I was playing the Norwind, and I don't I don't remember. I think it might have been a Liliana. Liliana was the first Planeswalker. And I wasn't, very, I wasn't very excited about it. Yeah, she's not. I've never pulled Jace. Like, Jace Beller. And I pulled Jace, two Jace the Mind Sculptors. I got two. You pulled yeah. two Mind Sculptors? And sold them for 40 apiece. I bet you wish you could take that back a little bit, huh? Yeah, I mean, well, at the time, they were 40 apiece. And I thought I was getting an amazing deal. These will never, these are going to drop so fast. A Planeswalker for 40? Get out of town. And I was like, what? This can only go down, right? Like, this is, like, only standard worthy. So, anyways, we digress. Yeah. Uh, when, when did you, when do you think you got into Legacy? Um, I don't know. Um, I was just buying all my M11 cards and everything. I uh, found a Merfolk Sovereign. I thought it was just pretty cool. And I ended up making this really janky Merfolk deck. I remember. It was uh, blue-white, and you would you would gain a billion life and, like, just cycle cards. Judge, judge Occurrence, right? Yes, Judge Occurrence, Mayor of Commerce. Um, it was... It was... The most casual Merfolk. It was a very casual Merfolk, but cool. it got it done. That's all I knew. And then... Like, our little playgroup of, like, when we all started, like, we so were like, Clay, don't play that fucking Merfolk. But now it would be just like, it would just get crushed in our group. Oh, yeah, it would. What, what like, clicked to make you want to play, like, get into competitive magic? Well, I didn't realize how competitive a lot of these people were at the time. But then I started doing a little research, and then Day Day started pushing me to go Legacy a little bit more, and I looked up the cards necessary to become a competitive Merfolk deck, and just over time I've been slowly collecting those cards and putting the deck together. What are you missing from your Merfolk deck um, right now? The only main board I'm missing are eight lands, which are four Mutavolts and four Wastelands, which I'm hoping to complete in the next few weeks. Yeah, Wastelands are rough. Yeah, I, I got the Force Wheels out of the way. Does a get an amazing deal on those. But you did. You should tell him what you got him. You got him for like what? He bought four Force of Wills, uh, what, a week ago? It, it was about, about a week, week and, and a half. half. For 45 apiece? Yeah. The ending, and they're almost mint, less right? Less than that. It was like 170 The ending total bid for a playset was 178 with two dollars shipping, so it was yeah, one eighty. Yeah, that was one forty. All right. Yeah. So, so forty five something like that a yeah. piece. That's God. That's, I couldn't pass it up, and then I, I mean I wouldn't either. I mean because at the worst you say fuck magic, I'm selling my cards, and you sell those force wheels for sixty a piece. Like yeah. that's the worst thing that happens in that situation. Yeah, I mean I already had 
all like, my creatures, my aether vials, everything else. I figured, why not finish it out before trying to put together other decks? Speaking of aether vial, where else did we see aether vial there, Day Day? At the SCG Invitational. Sadly. Yeah. Clay wasn't watching it, and you were at work, but I was hey, watching. I, I was keeping track of the text coverage while I was shooting it. But I'm, I'm, I'm watching it, and I'm like, please tell me Goblins and Zoo make it to the top eight. Not only is there a Goblins player in the top eight who happens to be one of the better Goblin players in the he entire world. He is a Goblin. Is Jim a, Davis is a Goblin. If there was ever a Jim Davis card, he'd have a creature type Goblin. That would be wicked. If he won like a... I don't know, Pro Tour or something like that, and like they were like, all right, you get to make your own, design your own card. It, like, it'd be his head on a goblin. Well, you know that they used to have those, right? Like, where you, uh, yeah, like Finkel got to called, make one. It was called the, the Invitationals. The guys for the Days. Was uh, it Days? Don't remember if Days was. I know Shadow Mage Infiltrator was. The original Meddling Mage was. Back when it had actually good art. Um... Uh, there was a weird card that it was the only card ever printed that didn't have the. It was a. If you control an island and your opponent controls a forest, you can play it for free and put a creature on. Uh, put a green creature on top. Submerge. Submerge was, I believe, Mike Long. And they didn't have him on there because of the whole cheating fi- fiasco. Fiasco? Fiasco. Fiasco. Good. Well. If you look at the top eight of the SCG Invitational, which happened, this is going to be coming out Friday. This happened Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. And as you know, they were playing Standard for like two or three rounds in a row, and then they were playing Legacy two or three rounds in a row. And then so, back to Standard. And then back to Standard. And, and then, then back, top eight was Legacy. Top eight was Legacy, which is really cool. I mean, what do you I think? Like that. What do you think of a format like that, Clay? I mean, it, it just variances it out. Um, I just like the diversity. Uh, of course, I love Standard. Um, but you're about the only one. <laughs> standard's brutal right yeah, now. If you're out of our our little play group, I probably enjoy standard more than just about you anybody. You don't actually play competitively that much. You don't go to tournaments yet. You're I, getting into. I it. want to. I just haven't had the opportunities like, yet. Your haven't dreams the haven't been crushed crushed yet. Crushing grits. Crushing grits. They, they yeah, haven't been. One second. They no haven't response been, from you. They haven't been crushing gripped yet, and you haven't sat down and played against Callblade, and you haven't seen a fucking. Batter skull with three other swords on it, and you're sitting there like. <sighs> but it's okay though, because he'll never have to see it. Because by the time he goes to a tournament, Stoneforge won't be in the format. Either it's going to rotate or it'll be banned. Now I'll kind of throw off my little deck, but I guess I'll have to deal with that. Yeah, yeah. little deck. My um, tiny deck. But either way, the top eight was pretty wild. It, it was Jim, uh, Jim Davis got in there. Uh, the, the top two, like it was uh, Patrick. Patrick Cox. And, and Jim Davis were, were top two. And Patrick Cox... Sullivan was in third fourth, right? He was in fifth or sixth. I thought he was... He made no, fourth. he was sixth. Oh. Um, the zoo was running a really weird burns, like burn setup. It was... I still hate Kurt Ape and Longline, by the way. It's hard to argue with it. I mean, like, if you think of the format, either shit is, like, really small right now or fucking... Enormous. Honestly, other all right, I was thinking the other day, you were like, well, what else, what do you run out of a Kurgate? Why doesn't that become Goblin Guide? Goblin Guide just seems strictly better well, than Kurgate. Land advantage seems really bad. You realize that the average number of lands running legacies right around 19? So let me help them filter. They're not going to hit lands. You get to see their next draw. So there is, do. okay, all right, there is a zoo deck that's running, like, ridiculous amounts of one-drops. Four Pride Mages. It's like running Goblin Gods, um, the uh, Step Links. It's running all this other shit, and it's just running uh, Bolts and all. It's 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 all like you lose very fastly, or I get shut off. It's like Chalice for one, I lose. But um, and middle either way, too. they were having to play two decks. So this just tells you how hard this tournament was. Uh, you would get used to Legacy, and then boom, you got to play Standard, and like. All these guys were playing pretty really good decks, but they backed off of their their legacy play. Yeah, the main difference between shit, the main difference between uh, the the goblin deck, like the normal goblin deck, and what uh, Jim Davis actually ran, 
was he actually had mental misstep in his deck. It's a good idea. Which is nuts. Not only, I played with it last night, went 4-0. Uh, I think he went 3-1 according to the DCI there, Mr. Painter. Uh, we'll get into that later. But uh, he has run a mental misstep. Not only does it work against anything that your opponents are casting that costs one, but you know what? When you play Vile and they mental misstep, and you mental misstep their mental misstep, it's such a good feeling. It is. I mean, because if you count it, that's right, one Aether Vile. That's two middle missteps, so that's two cards already spent for that one Aether Vial. So if they cast Force of Will or Daze or anything else like that, or another middle misstep, that's three cards now for one. So and if it's a Force of Will, it's four cards for one. So they've basically stripped their hand to stop your Aether Vial. And to be real fucking honest with you, I'm fine with that as a Goblins player because they're going to be so far behind, they're never going to catch up. Yeah. Like... Having an opening hand of either a mountain or tiger, whatever you're playing, and aether vial slash lackey, and minimal step, that is a really strong hand. Oh, I, I mean, I was like a freaking wrecking machine last night. I mean, Clay here has actually felt the wrath of that. It's like turn one lackey. If you don't have an answer for it, you lose. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. You, you, Very rarely does Goblin lose with a successfully resolved, unblocked lackey. I've beaten it a couple times. Nah, nah. With a blight still colossus. Shut mud players. <laughs> um, so I played Dredge last night. Let me just say that is the stupidest fucking deck. <laughs> I hate Dredge. It is so unfun. Like, I, I had fun... But I felt bad for playing. I actually won one match, but won the tournament. And also in this top eight, um, we, we kind of jumped off of our SCG invite That's recap. True. That's true. Uh, also in this top eight, we saw, like we said, we saw two zoo decks, which everyone was claiming, zoo's dead, zoo's dead, zoo's dead. There's Aggro is fucking dead. Like, there's no way to play it right now. It's, it's garbage. And I'm looking at it right now. Uh, top eight was... Zoo, Goblins, uh, No Rug, uh, Esper, Esper Stoneblade, Zoo, Blue-White Control, so Stoneforge Controls, was Standstill. Was that Stoneforge? Yeah. I, no, that was Standstill. Oh, that, yeah, 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 they, yeah. They, 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 they was Standstill, Stoneforge. They stro- they're actually dropping stone. Standstill for Ancestral Visions. We can get into yeah, that later. Right. And then uh, Merfolk, which Clay over here, I'm sure, is glad to see a Merfolk always in the top eight. I mean, it kind of... Justifies. I don't know. Merfolk in the top eight seems really fishy. Oh, oh, see what I did. And then Joe Bernal, who has been raping Dick Sack with this fucking deck right here, is so. Fuck is Joe Bernal? You don't watch SCG live, obviously, because he has been jacking folks with this deck. He has top eighted with this deck uh, like three weeks in a row or something like that. It's ridiculous. You have no hand after turn two. I've never heard of this guy. Well, what, does he run the dark ritual thoughts? That he's no, had? no, he just. How does he rape your hand by turn two? Uh, I can show you his deck right here. It's retarded. Uh, it's not fun to play against. Everyone like, I see this guy sit down in a feature match, and his opponent sits down, and like turn three, they have a frown on their face because they can't do anything. Cabal therapy and him is their only discard. Well, time hole score two. Honestly, I really hate Tidehawkscore. And him? Like, Tidehawkscore is just the asshole of creatures. Well, he gets so far ahead with the Stoneforge. Like, he rapes your hand, then drops the Stoneforge, gets the Batterskull, vials it in, and then just keeps raping your hand, so and you what, can't do anything. Was there a deck running white in the top eight that didn't run Batterskull? Or didn't run um, Stoneforge? Because this is getting Patrick ridiculous. Sullivan's zoo deck didn't have... It didn't? I don't think so. Because um, this is getting pretty, pretty sure of it. But uh, pretty I'm, sure. I'm looking at it right now. There's none. There's none in. There's none in there. What do you What do you think about this top eight, Clay? I mean, it's very, it's very variant. It's, it's. You don't see any like. Okay, there's two zoo decks and there's two basically blue whites. Like Edgar Flores splash black for I think Thoughtseize and Bitter Blossom. And I don't know if you know what Bitter Blossom is, but... Um, I know what it is, but I've never had a chance to play against it and actually see it for myself. It's but, uh, knuckin' Futs. One fairy every turn. 
Doesn't sound fun. It's not, especially when he stoneforges up Feast and Famine and equips it to one of the tokens. He's running Feast and Famine? He's running all of them. Edgar Poor is such a bad player. I'm going to go ahead and say that right now. I don't think that you would get one game on him. Well, no, not with that deck. <laughs> no, like, Ever is what a, I'm saying. No, 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 no. I'm not saying he's a bad Callblade player. When it comes to Callblade in any form, well, Edgar Poor is But he transferred Callblade into Legacy yes. very successfully because he just top-aided a like, 400-man tournament. That is the only deck he knows. It doesn't matter. It does matter because that's like saying Patrick Sullivan. The only deck he knows is mono red. You know what? When uh, what eleven days? Alex Bertensini only knows Zoo. Eleven days or, or uh, Merfolk. Eleven days from now, when Stoneforge gets banned, I'm willing to bet one shiny nickel that Edgar Flores does not top eight for a while. I will be willing to bet with you that, that shiny shot. nickel. What do you think, Clay? I have no opinion right now. Um, I, I I really would not like to see Stoneforge banned in Legacy, but that's just my opinion. I think it's going to be banned in every format. I would be He's okay with it in Standard. There's no way you can tell me with, with okay, with, with, I understand Stoneforge is nuts, but it's not that crazy. It's not that crazy in Legacy. In Standard, it's like five turns to Five turns faster than it should be. That's that's the only problem with it. I don't know, dude. Going turn two stone four, or sometimes even turn one stone four. If this, if he was four mana and he was a two two, he would be not broken at all. Oh, I agree. I but agree wholeheartedly. On turn two, when you have force of will back up, or not, excuse me, on turn two when they can't do anything in standard if they tap out, they mm-hmm. lose. It's terrible. And in legacy, it's the same way. No, you have force of will back up. You have. Days. There's so many ways to get around it. You can't. What? Okay, Stoneforge. Stone you know how much removals in Legacy? A ton. And, and and if they use their their removal on that one little thing, it's not gonna do anything. But um. But uh, not only did the the Invitational happen, but the Open happened as well. The open did happen. It was uh, the finals came down to Reanimator versus No Rug, which was pretty wild. What do you what do you think about like like all these people were saying like all these Reanimator combo decks are dead because of Middle Misstep because of the high consistency of like the key spells in their decks being one mana. I mean, obviously they're finding ways to play around it, Clay. And what do you what do you I mean, Reanimator is obviously scary. Scared to play against. Like, when you're sitting down, like, one of the last things you ever want to play against is Reanimator. Seeing a Jinkataxius one, turn one. And you're no on one wants to see that, ever, because... Unless you have plain swords in your hand. <laughs> Unless you have a swords or a, like, uh, what's the, what was that? Black instant, or sorcery, rather? Ghastly Demise? Uh, both players, uh... Oh! Sacrifice yeah, and Blood. Yeah. But Those still, it's just going to get reanimated work. over and over. But, I mean, to see, like, Zoo, Goblins, Reanimator, uh, all these one-mana spells still in the top eight, obviously Middle Misstep has been overly exaggerated. Would you? I mean... Um, it's, it's a great card, but I do think it has been a little exaggerated. I don't see just that card being able to break a format like that. It, it, I just don't see it happening. There are decks that are going to find ways around it. And you're not gonna be able to middle misstep every single time. Well, the thing is, like some like people tried to play around it in some decks, but it ended up being bad. So instead of playing around it, they just said, "If I can't beat it, I'll join it," and they just started running the middle missteps like the goblin mm-hmm. did. Yeah, I mean, I'm running two in my goblin deck. I I was three cards away from Jim Davis's build, literally, and I just said, "I'm I'm gonna try it out," and I tried it out last night, and just I had. Like I told him, I was telling Clay, uh, or, or was you one or the other, I was saying, I turned one lackeyed, and they middle misstep, and I middle misstep back, and they looked at me, over. they looked at me like, what the fuck? Yeah, you're running middle misstep? You're not. They're like, that's right. not fair. <laughs> like, oh, I guess I just lose now. So then the, the next, the next game, I didn't have it, and he middle misstep, but I had a vial. 
So, but he was trying to play around me having a mental misstep. So the head game was so far out of control that. Yeah, when when an aggro deck like that can get head games like that, it it puts them so far ahead. Because it's like, well, shit, do I stop the the lackey? Do I stop the vile? I mean, does he have a mental misstep? Am I going to waste a spell? I mean, everyone's so afraid of their stuff getting canceled or or killed. In Legacy, you just have to play it, hope it sticks, and if it doesn't, go from there. Well, mental misstep is the reason why, like, the natural order decks are just dominating a bit right now. No Rug has been in the at least finals for, like, what, the last four weeks? Yeah, No Rug's pretty nuts. Um, it was No Band for a while, and then they just... They're, they swapped to... They went to No Rug because... They, what, now, they dropped Swords to Posture. For everyone that doesn't know what this deck does, and Clay doesn't know what it does because he's, he's fairly new to the format. He's, this is a deck that Clay's been wanting to build, right? I, it actually is. I've been doing a research on it for a few weeks. I saw it placing here and there. Top You're holding that for Jenna this time, yeah. I, I am. I keep watching uh, Natural Orders and... All these dual lands on eBay, just trying to find the best prices and slicing them. them keep going up and up and up. I got my Green Sun Zenith in the mail right now. <laughs> but uh, the main difference, like the, the, the what the deck is supposed to do, is the the optimal play is turn one going uh, land Green Sun Green Suns for zero. Mental misstep has kind of skewed that a little bit, but it's still okay because you go get that Dryad Arbor. Dryad Arbor on turn one, that rampant growth on turn one is such an insane play. Going you know, turn two, land, Noble Hierarch, and having enough mana for a whole bunch of things. And then turn three, you have land, you have natural order stacking either one of them. Yeah, uh, what you want to go to natural order, actually. I want to see if that's actually as an additional cost or not. No, it's not. No, 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 no. It's a sorcery, you play it, and then you sacrifice a creature, yeah. and it doesn't target. Right. So, well, I mean, that's obvious. So, like, if it targeted, it would probably not see play. Well, yeah, well, nothing like that. It's a sacrifice. I understand that, but you get what I'm saying. Other than Warren reading, because that's just yeah. a weird card. But um, it's definitely thinking about splashing that, but I really like my green-red setup. But either way, um, this Natural Order deck has been just popping off. It's in, like, the last four or five top eights that's been in any... Yeah, major tournament. And it was no bant. It, it, what, now, what what is no bant running pretty much that that no rug is running other than the lands? Well, no rug or no bant was actually running a slightly different creature package. Like it had Trigon Predator, but it just didn't need it anymore because uh, the whole artifacts and enchantment thing just didn't really matter. And then the main white creature they were running was War- Rock's Warmoth, which you honestly don't need that anymore. No, I mean you're tapping out on that turn to play Rock. Rocks Warmock and the core white you could card. be playing Show and Tell or something. Right. <laughs> the core white card in that deck is uh, is pa- uh, Swords of Plowshares. They had a one path deck on that sideboard, but the four swords was the main reason to play white. And then uh, I believe Todd Anderson uh, was one of the, the the pioneers for No Rug. Todd Anderson, uh, Reed Duke, I believe. Yeah, Reed, Reed Duke was was. Uh, uh, I was just looking up. He he played. In Boston, he top aided Boston. Boston, but uh, he top aided with no bant. But I don't know if he's played anything else or this deck since. But to be honest, that's rug. It, it says bant. Yeah, I, but it's I'd like just to say that Star City, uh, Glenn Jones. No offense to you, dude. Well, it's but you TCG. They they jacked no, up. That's Star City. This is this is this is pulling from there. Do you think it's the noble hierarchs that throw everybody off? I don't know. It, like, just hearing Natural Order, and people just automatically assumed it was yeah. No Bant. If you're wondering why Noble Hierarch's $8 or $11 right now, it's because of No Rug. If, if you're looking into a really steady deck that can still win without going off, No Rug's actually a really good deck in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, because Tarmogoy's still a pretty big guy if you don't have I mean, order. you're going to have Noble Hierarch's buffing up the Tarmogoy. If you're going to have clicks. Vendillion Clicks. Jace. Another no, Jace reason. isn't ran, but... Sometimes Jace is ran. Like, sometimes from the sideboard, okay. as uh, Clay was pointing out. But uh, another big reason that No Bant was a good deck was it could run Caracas, which that just instantly kills any deck running Show and Tell, other than a high line. Because it's like, Show and Tell, I'll lay down an Emrakul. I'll lay down a Caracas. Bounce your Emrakul back to your hand. Enjoy, enjoy wasting all that. 
my turn, swing Tarmogoyf, pass. Exactly. But uh, it, it's, I see what you're saying, but I mean, if uh, I had the money and the will to play, this is probably one of the only, like, I call it like a cheat deck where you're, you're cheating into play. It's almost a combo deck. It, it almost is, and it almost isn't. I like to call these kind of decks super synergy decks. That there's really good. there's a really good synergy in the deck that just makes you into a winning. I mean, and they come out of nowhere because all they do is they set up. They're going to have a green creature out no matter what you try to do because right. they're going to save a fetch for a dryad arbor mm-hmm. and all that. And so, you if you tap out on turn four and you're not playing control, or you're not just killing every green creature they put out. Mm-hmm. You lose yeah. because the, I mean they're eventually going to dig for that natural order and they're going to go get progenitus and you lose. I think the main reason that uh, rug is so much more viable than bat right now is the fact that you have four bolts and two chain lightnings. That's that's your removal package pretty much right there, and the one of your lava master. Lava master is so sick right now. How many X twos are in the format or X ones? So many that are good. You've got the Vendillion clicks. You've got all the Merfolk. Lords that just die instantly. I think Vendillion Click is retarded. Vendillion Click is so good. I can't wait to cast it on so You can almost just keep someone in a Vendillion Click lot. He's running, most of them, like Michael Jacobs, top eight, uh, the Invitational, he's running four Vendillion Click, four Tarmogoyf, a Progenitus, Noble Hierarch, and Grim Lava Mancer. Grim Lava Mancer is good for pretty much against any aggro deck. It's good against Merfolk. Mm-hmm. It's good against a lot of decks. And then, like, sometimes the, the the natural order deck, like, against super aggro decks like goblins, they don't even need the, the, the natural orders. They'll side in Jitae's. Jitae just rapes so many things. It does. But, I mean, goblins usually, I mean, they can kill you by turn three or four. But that's got to be, like, god hand. But Jitae just shuts down. I understand, but, like... yeah. I'm, I'm main board in 10th Street now, so you drop your, you tap out to play your 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 GTA and then he dies because oh, yeah. I'm gonna like vile a matron and go kill him that turn. Right. So, I mean, it's a really good card against Merfolk. It's a really good card against goblins. Obviously, it's just an all around good card that this guy can just totally board out natural order and progenitus and just run straight up. Anyone playing this deck can just run straight up. Basically, rug. They can just run Jace aggro. <laughs> Jace control. Oh shit! I forgot that Progenitus has protection from anything or from everything. We can't even be reading this right now. Everything. You hear the crickets, Clay? I'm face palming over here. That. Yeah, that's gonna be a double face palm. Um. Either way. Uh, we're going to go ahead and I think we're done talking about the SCG Opens. Uh, Nagoya, or is it? Nagoya, Nagoya is happening right like now. Like as we speak? Right or, now. Well, well, no, it's it, like it would be like 4 in the morning right no, now. No, no, it's like 8 o'clock in the morning right now in Japan. So I was When I was at work taking a doo-doo. Taking like, a doo-doo? Taking a doo-doo. I looked it up on my phone. What time is it in Tokyo, Japan right now? It was like 6.15 in the AMs. And, yeah, it's happening right now. Right now. Well, I'm excited to see it because I would like to see some tournament reports over over block constructed. Wouldn't you, Clay? I mean, I kind of want to see some scars block uh, decks just to see what people are doing. It would be interesting, that's for sure, Uh, just to see what's coming out on top without all the extra cards from standard. I think Mono Red's going to be fucking dirty as hell in block. I like the uh, the uh, the blue guy, the architect, Grand Architect. Yeah, I like him a lot. <sighs> Everflow Chalice and Tezzeret's Gambit. Yeah, I mean, Pirate Sea Metamorph. Wormcore seems really Mere good. Battle Sphere seems really good. Mindslaver. Mindslaver also seems really good. Platinum Imperium. Platinum Imperium seems terrible. Divine Offering, thanks for wasting the night, I was on the wrong end of Platinum Imperium in a standard tournament. It was not fun. I got somebody with a Platinum Imperium. I got somebody with a Platinum Imperium. I did too, but it's still... He he almost milled me, He needs to be indestructible. That would be broken. It wouldn't be broken. Blystill's broken. He's 12 mana, but still... That would be broken. Life total changing. Okay, that's fine. I'm going to attack you with poison. 
Mr. Callblade player is going to attack you with his and two ink moths. Gonna, uh, he's going to swing for 12 in one turn. I, I, I think that's just retardedly broken. But, I don't know. Anyways, guys, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to talk about our budget deck of the week. Budget deck! Okay, everyone, we're back here. We're just going to go over our budget deck of the week. Um, this week we're doing Affinity, and this is a little segment we're going to be doing for a little while uh, until we get into what I consider mid-range decks, and then we're going to have the mid-range deck of the week, and by mid-range I mean middle-of-the-road kind of pricing. But the, um, the deck we're doing this week is, is labeled Affinity because it runs off of cards that abuse the Affinity keyword, ab keyword ability, whatever that's on the cards. A mechanic. Clay, thank you, Clay. And Fuck you. <laughs> keyword is the correct thing. All right, all right. Um, I'm just going to give you guys a rundown and prices for these things uh, real quick. Uh, it runs... Creatures, it runs Frogmite, they're 21 cents a piece. Uh, master, or, or not, sometimes runs Master. Clay's going to go over, we're going to go over three different versions of this deck. Um, what version are you playing? The, you the version I'm going over is currently, I think, the strongest one because it cuts down pieces that, it, it has least interaction. You're running the Tezzeret version. Yeah, it's Tezzeret uh, with Master of Ethereum. And basically, it's runs Frogmites. I think all of them run an X Champion now because it's just such a brick shit house. It's immovable. How much are those right now? They're a dollar fifty. Um, Mem Knights are a dollar. How much were the Masters? Masters are around three. Okay. That's um, uh, Ornithopters are twenty five cents. Uh, Signal Pest is running them too. They're they're twenty four cents. Uh, it's running Mirror Enforcers, which you look at it, you're like, why? But when you're casting it for free. <laughs> free 4-4. Four, four. Yeah, it's a free 4-4. Four, four. Um, they're like a dollar, a half. They're 50 cent. Um, it's, it runs, every Affinity deck runs Cranial Plating. Cranial Plating is the beast. Uh, cranial Plating is, is the, it's like the antithesis of the deck. It, um, it has, it's a, it's a two mana Equipment, Artifact, um, every Affinity deck runs four of them. Um, they're literally a dollar, and it's the sickest shit ever. It, what it is is a two-mana Artifact, uh, Equipment. Uh, costs one to equip, or you can play double black and attach it. So you can play that as an instant. And it has equipped creature gets plus one, plus zero for each Artifact you control. So what, they, what the deck does is, is it... It also runs Mox Opal. Um, as you know, those, that's one of the more expensive cards in, in this, this version of the deck. Uh, Mox Opal and Tezzeret. Mox Opals are currently uh, $15 to $20 wherever you can get them. And Tezzerets are currently $25 to $35, usually around that area. Um, it also runs Springleaf Drum because of so few lands that it runs. Springleaf Drum is a one-mana artifact that you can tap it, tap an untapped creature you control, and add one mana of any color to your pool. Um, it also runs a mainstay in every art, or every mono, or every uh, every, affinity every affinity deck, deck yeah. has blue in it for Thoughtcast. It, it's Thoughtcast is it's a five-mana sorcery with affinity for artifacts. And if you don't know what affinity means, it's uh, uh, the spell costs one colorless less for each artifact you control, and this says draw two cards. So basically, you're getting a in in, in almost in almost every case you're getting a janky visions for one mana. What the fuck are you talking about? And visions. Tish, uh, Astral Recall. <laughs> you're drawing two cards it's for divination. one mana. It's divination for one mana. Um, that that pretty much makes up everything but the lands. Uh, you know. The lands, um, the are lands in are almost every deck. The lands are you can play test them to your group. A lot of people are running Ink Moth Nexus. A lot of them are running Blink Moth. I like Ink Moths over I Blink. I personally like a little bit of both. 
I like one blink moth and two to three ink moths, or two and two. Well, just for the fact that you can tap blink moth to give ink moth plus one plus one, because yeah, it's yeah. an ink moth or a blink moth creature. It is, um, but also the main thing is like you activate you activate a uh, ink moth, you put a cranial plating on it, and the game's over. Yeah, but. You also are splitting up your entire motive of the deck. So uh, let's run down the other lands before we get into that. It runs four Dark Steel Citadel just in case someone plays like a Artifact Destruction Wipe. It also gets around Wasteland. It also gets around Wasteland. Um, it runs four C or, or they they run usually Ancient Den, Great Furnace, Seed of the Synod, and Vault of Whispers. Those are the four Artifact lands from Mirrodin, from the Mirrodin yeah. block. There's also Tree of Tales, but barely any of them run green. Yeah, there's no green affinity. Uh, there's no reason uh, to run it. There is, actually. Eh, whatever. It, it, was a little, <laughs> a little cold, it was more combo affinity. They used Glimpse of Nature, but it's not good. It's uh, not good at all, especially now with Minimalist stuff. Okay, so that's basically the rundown of a core of a deck. Basically, every one of them have Edge Champion, Frogmite, Mimnite, Mirror Forcer, Ornithopter, Signal Pest. Cranial Plating, Mox Opal, Springleaf Drum, Thought Cast, and any variation of 16 artifact lands. Um, 16, or you're thinking, God, that's such a fucking small number, but when you add in four Mox Opals that are always going to be active, okay, so the number goes instantly to 20, and then you have three Springleaf Drums, that's three, so you can pretty much count all that as mana, that's 23 sources of mana, so... It does, it's deceptively runs small lands. Yep. And that's pretty much the base end of the deck. The, For the tether. Yeah. All right, and basically what this deck does, I'm going to give you a quick rundown, and then we're going to go over the different versions. Basically, it poops out its fucking opening hand. and Like you just ate chicken wings. Like you just ate chicken wings. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I've got the deck sitting here right here in my hand. I'm going to shuffle it up, and... I'm just going to read off my opening hand, and I'm going to play it out like I would play it against Jackaroo McGahee. I'm, I'm already calling this. You're going to have to mulligan your opener. I might have to mulligan my opener, but nope. we'll know. Nope, you already keep that. Uh, let's see here. All you need is a spring leaf, and you get One, this. two, three, four, five, five two more. six, seven. You keep that. Oh, yeah. Right okay, there. so my hand right now. And this is the Tezzeret build I'm going this over. This is a decent hand, not even a good hand. This is a decent hand. This isn't necessarily a good hand. But I'm running the Tezzeret build, which runs four Tezzeret and four Master of Ethereum. Okay? Master of Ethereum is in this deck, and Tezzeret's in this deck, basically for different win cons. Basically, you're going to always push for the just the aggro kill, and Tezzeret's the late game. Haha, I gotcha. This deck also, uh, as opposed to the list he just read you, uh, sometimes run galvanic blossoms in place of some of these. Yeah, my, my friend's an idiot. But I like galvanic blossoms. All right, so anyways, okay, my, my opener is Mox Opal, Vault of Whispers, Edge Champion, Master Ethereum, Memnite, Signal Pest, Frogmite. Okay, so I'm on the play. I'm going to go Vault of Whispers, Mox, Open, Mox Opal, Memnite, um... Tap Mox Opal for Signal Pest. That's one, two, three, four. Frogmite is free. And I'm going to pass my turn. So on turn one, out of seven cards, I have five of them on the board. And that's five power, too. And that's, yeah, I have a Signal Pest and Memnite and Frogmite on the board. So that's five damage coming at you next turn. Unless there's a, if there's a land on top, you get that Master of Ethereum in play as well. Okay, so pass, I go, it's my turn. I, I, I top deck the Master of Ethereum. Which not is, the best top deck. But it's not good. the best top deck, but we're going to swing for five. So on turn two, we've got five damage. So let's just see. We'll give three rounds of this. One, two, three, four, five. Minus, and then you can tap for two. And I'm going to tap to our, I drew a, a, a Mirror Forcer, which is a seven mana, four, four with affinity. So with the board position right now, it's a two mana four four. It's a two mana four four that I'm playing for two mana. Yep. Okay. Gonna swing five again. They're at ten. Okay. Now it's my uh, my next turn. I drew a vault of whispers, and that's pretty much game. Uh, I drop master of Ethereum and swing out, and that's game. That's four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 
damage right there. Yeah, or, that's no, even more than that. 11, 12, 13 damage. That's 13 damage on turn three. Or, or, or wait, hold on, that was turn five. But still, they they there's nothing faster as far as that McGahee just got raped. Yeah, he that McGahee got drilled. Um, basically, the deck. Your point is to have a land, a Mox Opal, Springleaf, and a Zero Dropper in your hand. Thoughtcast is always the best. If you all having a Thoughtcast in your hand in the opener with a Blue Source is so good. Yeah, well, I mean, you have a Blue Source with Springleaf or Mox Opal, and they're always going to be active mostly. So you you almost and the deck doesn't mulligan well. I don't think. No. It doesn't because... The more cards in your hand, the better. Because you're, because you're be dropping your whole hand, and yeah. then you're in top deck mode. Right. So you have to really you have to really look at your hand, study it before you do anything. Yeah. So, uh, Goose, what's, what's the difference between the Tezzeret build and the uh, Ravager Disciple of the Vault build? What do, uh, what, what's the main differences? Well, you're probably going to drop the Tezzeret and possibly the Master of Ethereums for a couple different cards. Disciple of the Vault and Arcbound Ravager... Disciple of the Vault, Vault is a one black, one one, and he has whenever an artifact is put into a graveyard from play, you may have target opponent lose one life, and that is com- comboed with Arcbound Ravager, which is a two mana zero zero, and when he enters the battlefield, he gets a one one modular counter, so he's actually a one one, and he has sacrificed an artifact to put a one one counter on him. So it's pretty lethal um, if an opponent leaves an unblocked creature. What you do is you basically just swing out and yeah, like cranial plating on an ornithopter, put them down. What you have to do is put, put them down to like ten. put them to like eight or nine or ten, and you can just sack and just kill them. Like I that. mean, our our friend, this was actually my friend's deck. He used to run the the Ravager build before we we was like Tezzeret's much more steadier yeah. because if they you know if they get rid of your Ravager, you lose, mm-hmm. or if you don't if you can't ever get a uh, disciple. Like, the deck just underperforms, but it's still really good. And another thing is, uh, back in Old Extended, back when uh, Disciple of the Vault was banned, uh, it still comboed off with uh, something like Soul Spire, which you, nowadays you can just run clean. But, okay, so basically what the deck does is it, it puts you at, like, a... Well, okay, like, they, they, they blow up their hand just like I, I did. They, they, they drop their entire hand, and then they drop a Disciple of the Vault and an Artbound Ravager. And... They swing out with like a Memnite or an Ornithopter with a cranial plating or an Edge Champion with a cranial plating. Hit you for like eight. And they're like, oh, what's your life at? And they're like, you're like, oh, I'm at like uh, ten. So therefore you're like, okay, well, I'm going to sack all these to Artbound Ravager. You're going to lose ten life, and then I'm going to sack Artbound Ravager, or nine life, and then I'm sacking Artbound Ravager. So you, you lose... You lose right there on the spot. Or what they do stupidly is when they they sat or they attack, they'll attack with that that ornithopter. And if they know they can kill you with a uh, disciple of all, they'll sack everything before damage is put. Other than the ornithopter. Other yeah, other than the ornithopter. That makes that ornithopter. They'll sack their lands. They'll sack Which, everything, and they'll put it all on that that ornithopter. Except for cranial plating and Ranger. yeah, except for pr- anti synergy. So. No, they do that after damage is done because it would drop the cranial plating. Well, the, you don't even need cranial plating in that instance because that is the cranial plating is the Ravager's counters. It does the exact same thing. Yeah, I mean... You're going to get plus one, one, not plus one, zero. Right, which yeah. sometimes matters. Yeah, I mean, because if you don't kill him that turn and you have nothing on the board except for an Ornithopter and a cranial plating, I mean, he's still getting plus two O and he's going to have all those counters on it. Right. So, Ravager Disciple is pretty good. It, it is good, but, I mean, Tezzeret's a... It's, with this deck, a one-turn clock. It literally is, because by the time he hits, Cranial Plating has usually done his job, or the field of bullshit that you put out has done its job. They're at a manageable life loss area. And you drop Tezzeret, plus one him, and then, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and just... I'm going to go ahead and just uh, negative for him, and you lose like 10, 15 life, and I'm going to I'm going to gain that life. Also, the reason it's running these Master of Ethereums in this deck is because the deck goes for more of a, it's got an early game plan and a late game plan. And if Master of Ethereum drops, like we just did, I, I mean, he's fucking nuts. Uh, 
he just, he he's a walking cranial plating. Yeah, you can't equip it to anything else, but it is a cranial plating that can attack. It, it just it's stupid. It and it pumps all your other artifact creatures. Yeah, it, it he's really good. He's he's like the affinities lord. Right, and but the super affinity lord is what the, the version I'm talking about. It uh, actually came up in Overextended, run by Gavin Verhey. Name drop. Uh, he uh, holds this Overextended tournament every Tuesday night on Moto. We're talking about Legacy. And I know, right. but th- that's the thing. There is nothing in that Legacy deck that is not legal in Overextended. There's not a card. So, I mean, you hear that there. I mean, if you what about Modern? It, what about Modern? Uh, modern? Uh, yeah, same thing. Okay, so, also, this is, a, this is a double-edged sword. The same deck, basically what Zach's saying is the same deck that you're playing in Legacy. If the Overextended, which I think we're all on the same page here, either Overextended or Modern is yeah, going to happen. I, I hope so. It's going to come to paper. If you spend this... Two hundred dollars. This two fifty. You'll have two formats to play it in. You'll have two different formats to play a damn good deck. Yep. So, anyways, go over this. Go over this. Instead of running the what the Archbound or the, the Tesserets. Right. It wasn't running the Archbound package, package or the Tesserets. It was actually running uh, Dispatches, and it was running Tempered Steel. Okay. And Tempered Steel is an enchantment. It's white, white, and one. That gives your artifact creatures plus two, plus two. Yeah. That makes your signal pests a two, three. That makes your memnites a three, four, four. That makes your mirror enforcers a three, six, six. That makes your like your creatures. A lot more I understand it, what it does. It's just and it does not. It itself die. is not an artifact. That's right. the only reason I don't like it. I really like That's dispatch. The That's the dispatch is nuts. I, the fact that it's not an artifact is actually the reason I do like it. Because, like, Master of Ethereum, Archbound Ravager, Cranial Plating, that all dies to Artifact removal. Tempered Steel does not. You're... Like, they sh- they board an Ancient Grudge. And you're like, Tempered Steel? All my guys are big. And you're like, well, now i got to pick my poison. Do I kill the big guy or the big guy? I can't kill the one that's the thing that's pumping them all. Yeah. Uh, now, granted, the guy that played this Tempered Steel deck said that he wanted the Tempered Steels to be Ravagers. But in my opinion, he actually did better because they weren't Ravagers. I mean, what do you think about Tempered Steel in this deck? I mean, uh, Tempered Steel and Dispatch. So if we were looking at the normal black, black, blue, which is normally all of them are black and blue. Black, blue. Or blue, black, or red, red, or black, blue, or blue, red. Blue, red, mainly. For, there's a blue, red build that runs Galvanic Blast and... Um, Thoughtcast. Thoughtcast and what's the other one? The uh, Saka Artifact. Shrapnel uh, Blast is really good. I don't watch it. With Disciple of the Vault. It it's it's nuts. It has so much synergy. I mean, okay, with Disciple of the Vault out, I mean, Ricky was playing that deck once when it was running the red with, with uh, Galvanic Blast and Shrapnel Blast. And, like, turn three, he had me at, like, 11 health, and he's like, okay, uh, Blast, Blast, and I'll sack uh, Frogmite and play Shrapnel Blast. And I'm like, okay. Seems good. So, I mean, shit, I mean, it's really tough to play around that. Yeah. I mean, because with Disciple of Vault, you're turning every, you're turning Shattering Spree into a six mana, or you're turning it to six damage for two mana. Yep. Which is nuts. Yep. But now, we gotta, we gotta tell you, if you're gonna be, build this deck, there are some cards you're going to have to watch for, because these are going to be sided in, because this deck is actually pretty good. These cards hurt. They these, hurt a lot. These cards hurt because almost all of them are... They're not game-enders. You can play around a few of them. Like, the board wipes aren't that bad for you. Yeah, there's 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 a couple different board wipes. There's Hercules Recall and Rebuild. They pretty much do the exact same thing. Hercules Recall is one in a blue. It's an instant and, and returns all artifacts. And Rebuild's the same thing except for it's three mana and you can cycle it. Uh, there's Seeds of Innocence, which is green, green, and one. A lot of people haven't heard of this card. It's an instant that makes you, I'm, I'm not sure if it's destroy or sacrifice. I want to say it's sacrifice. Uh, makes you sacrifice all artifacts, and each player gains life equal to number, or the, the convert, converted mana cost of all those artifacts. Uh, there's Energy Flux. Energy Flux is probably the worst to deal with. No, energy Flux to deal with. isn't 
it's it's the hardest for them to deal right. with. That's what for I'm them to deal with, right. yes. Um, because they have like it's really hard to sideboard in. There's no enchantment removal in this deck. There's yeah. none. I mean, you have to side to rest and get it out of their hand on turn one. And hope. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they don't have it in their or turn. just kill them before that if, matters. Yeah. Well, I mean, energy flux is three mana, and there is a way around it. Like the best, the actual best version that can deal with energy flux is the mass, the Ravager version. Yeah, I mean, because it's like okay, I'll just sack everything. And then there's also the the red versions also run Fire Blast. Too, yeah. So that can get rid of it. So we've we've just told you about Hercules Recall, Seeds of Innocence, which is some hot tech that Kyle, or, or that Zach just told me about, uh, and then Rebuild. And Rebuild flux. and Energy Flux. And now we're going to talk about the two absolute hosers. They usually stop the game as soon as they hit the board for you. Um, it's Kotaki Wars no, Wage. Kotaki's nuts. Like, Kotaki's Kotaki fucking nuts. Kotaki's strictly worse than Energy Flux. Kotaki's two mana. Energy Flux is not. Kotaki's a creature. And? The Affinity Decks run creature removal. Not, like, not, run. There's, there's one that runs creature removal. There's two. Two of the three runs creature removal. There's Galvanic Blast. And yeah, but the Tezzeret build is the only one that's viable right now. I don't think so. I mean, think depending on your meta, if yeah. you're going to go play in a big tournament, Tezzeret's easily the only one to play. I, I would prefer Tempered Steel. Well, you, you can prefer that, but <laughs> that's just going to get canceled Kentucky, after game two. Kataki <laughs> is much easier to deal with than there. And then, and then the, the best the best overall card yeah. to, to sideboard Against Null them is Nolrod. It's the best card if you're playing against any heavy artifact deck. Nolrod is, it's it's it stops the deck dead unless you you have to float mana in response. Yeah, well you destroy that Nolrod. You have to do float mana in response, destroy the Nolrod, or just have so many creatures that it doesn't matter because you're just yeah. going to attack with them. Yeah, that's the. It's like okay, well, I still have my master, my all this, and I'm going to be swinging for eight next turn. Right, but. If this thing comes out on turn two and you have a really bad hand, you lose. Yeah. Like, there's nothing you can do about it. A lot of decks, they, they try to get around it uh, by by taking and dropping uh, two Dark Steel Citadels for uh, two Glimmer Voids. And if you if you don't know what Glimmer Void is, Glimmer Void is a land. Yeah, as long as you have an artifact, it stays. But at like, the end of your turn, if you do not control an artifact, you have to sacrifice it. It's a it taps for one of any color. Yeah, it, it's a three three. It's a four dollar land, five dollar land that um, is from Mirrodin, and it says at the end of your turn, if you control no other artifacts or no artifacts, it's not an artifact yeah, itself. Right. Sacrifice Grimmer Void and add one mana of any color to your pool. So if you're playing like a heavy Nolrod area, you might just be getting away Grimmer with. Void is better, I think. Huh. I think Glimmerwood's better in the deck. You might almost just want to take away Dark Steel together. Mm-hmm. But Dark Steel's so dirty when you tether it, that son of a bitch and put a cranial plating on it. Uh, <laughs> how many times are you actually going to roll down Dark Steel it? If it wins me the game instantly, I'm doing it. A lot of Maybe. times, I are, like if I'm five damage away from doing it, or th- three, four, it's like, okay, I'm going to pop, I'm going to drop Tezzeret and pop, uh, pop my signal pass and swing out. You lose. Right. But, I mean... Well, the, the main At the worst, he's four mana for, like, what, what gives plus five, plus five? I don't know. Nothing? Uh, uh, epic proportions? Epic proportions. He's a four mana epic proportions that wins you the game. The Glimmer Void and the Dark Steel Citadel is actually probably going to be in the same slot. You just have to choose on your own. You might want to run a split two and two. Uh, Glimmer Void is better, I think, but it's a lot more susceptible to Wasteland. Okay, so there's also, we, we did miss one, uh, the uh, Shattering Spree. Uh, Shattering Spree is, is okay. Shattering Spree is rough. It's a red mana for sorcery, and it's Replicate, which means you can pay the red mana any number of times. It's like multi-kicker almost, and you destroy... You uh, destroy artifacts for each time you replicate it. So if you pay red, 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 you get to destroy five artifacts. So, so Clay, as a as a mere folk player, 
as a merfolk player. There I get on go. to say, I get on. People get on to me for saying I'm gonna, I'm gonna Photoshop a picture of a mirror with you. We'll see. All right. Well, I'm gonna Photoshop your mother's picture that I got last night. How's she doing? Any, <laughs> anyways, Clay, as a, as a as a merfolk player, you sit down tournament and this guy thumps his fucking hand on turn one. You know what to cancel. It's it's, it's or counter. You know what to counter. Cranial plating. It's the best one to counter. It's just gonna hit me too dang hard. It is. I mean, Merfolk can almost race Affinity if they control cranial plating. But for the most part, you're going to get overrun because it's just too damn fast. Especially, as, uh, but but anyways, as a as a as a Merfolk player, do you want to play against this deck or not? It would be interesting to play with. Um, no, I'm talking about play against. Yeah, play against. It'd be yeah. an interesting matchup. That's for sure. Um, I mean, actually, middle misstep's almost dead. Um, I mean, what are you going to counter? Signal pest? Uh, uh, Springleaf drum. Springleaf drum. Well, yeah, because that's they're the looking mana. at that as a land. Yeah, that's their mana. That's like almost wasteland in the Marthana. Yeah, wasteland obviously jacks the holy hell out of this deck. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I actually played against my buddy this deck right here a few times, and we. Trade games just about. I think I actually got one or two up on them, but they're, they're pretty even. Yeah, I think but, I think the matchup. But, but what my point is saying is 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 okay. Baseline, if you're running the Tezzeret, you're looking at spending around three hundred forty dollars to two hundred fifty dollars. If you're running the Arcbound, you're looking at about a hundred and thirty, hundred forty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it actually, it costs us a hundred forty to build this deck. Yeah. Okay. Um, and if you're still less than that, probably. It, Timber's still probably still around a hundred. Yeah. Probably a little bit over 100. Probably around 100, 115, 120. 120. Um, That's not bad for a legacy deck. It's not bad. A what, what, what my deck. point is, is at the four the four wastelands in Clay's Merfolk deck cost, cost more, than, cost the more than, than his entire deck, or this entire Affinity deck, and they were trading games. And yeah. Clay's not a dumb player, and neither is Ricky. So these are actually, like, they can trade each other. Now, as far as, like, I don't think Clay had the hot tech of energy flux before. Like I don't think they were right. playing post board games, but for the most part, it's a toss up. It's a fifty fifty matchup. I I'm, think. I'm actually gonna go sixty forty for Merfolk. Sixty forty? That's I, a little high. No, sixty forty's not bad. I, I think Merfolk actually has the edge. Well, it's just because here's the problem with Merfolk, if you're okay, if you're on the if you're on the draw and, and you're playing against Affinity, what do you cancel? And if you do cancel or, or counter, if you do counter uh, you, and you, you, you just happen to only have one counter, and they drop the cranial plating on turn two or turn one, you just lose on the spot. Sometimes. I mean, Coral Helm level up, block. Yeah, <laughs> actually. That, that's because it's almost always going to... cranial plating does not pump your number, toughness. Your number one target for this cranial plating, number one... Ornithopsis. No, it's, it's, it's actually Signal Pest. Or either one, yeah. It's Signal Pest because Signal Pest can't be blocked except by flyers. Except by flyers. So, I mean, I mean, they're both. It's plus. It's number one is is Signal Pest. Number two is definitely Ornithopter. Number three is No, number three is Edge Champion. Yeah. If you put this bastard on Edge Champion, they can't win. No one can beat you at that point. You can block with colorless, but it's most definitely going to trade. Yeah, <laughs> it's, you're never gonna edge. you're never gonna be in a situation where your cranial plating creature isn't going to trade dark unless you're juggernaut. unless it's <laughs> yeah dark steel unless it's a okay. progenitus. You're going to trade, <laughs> but you're, at the end of the battle, you're still going to have that uh, cranial plating. Yeah. Three hey, or no, right. here's the common. All right, here's here's what you do with affinity, and it's. This is why it wins games, okay? I have my Ornithopter and my Signal Pest, and you've got your one, you've got your Blitter Blossom token out, okay? It's that instance. I swing out. You go, well, I guess I gotta block the guy with the with the the, the plating on with the plating on it. Okay, we're spot or, or before damage. I'm gonna go ahead and attach cranial plating to the uh, Ornithopter. Go ahead and enjoy your eight damage. Yeah, and at least. and. and I don't give a shit about my signal pest. Right. Because it, 
Well, you actually need to, to put it on that uh, the ornithopter, and then swing. Well, that way it doesn't. Trade. I'm just giving it. Yeah. Come I'm on, come on. We're, we're gonna be good players here. We gotta do this smart. But it's just so many options with this deck, and it's it almost never has a dead opening hand. Um, if you have a land, a mox opal, a springleaf drum, and a zero drop, you're, you're there. And it's just really good overall. And if someone doesn't get out a hoser like Hercules Recall, Hercules Recall doesn't even hurt you that bad because it, what is it just you bounces just dump your hand back in. Yeah, you just dump your hand the next turn. Uh, it's almost like Seeds a of Innocence. Just okay. Uh, I'll gain twenty life like we just we just added up a minute ago. Um, Kataki, it's like if you you're running if, if you're running Zach's. If you're running Zach's build, dispatch it's like or the galvanic it's blast. like end of your turn. I'll dispatch that son of a bitch. Or galvanic blast. It. Or galvanic blast. Or just sack out to Ravager. Right. I I mean it, you almost get to the point where you get them so low they do play Kataki or it Energy does, Flux. Doesn't matter. All your shit's gonna start dying and procking that disciple of the vault, and they're gonna be taking that one, 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 one. So you're like, okay, but the main argument I think is to run Glimmer Void or not. It, you're always going to cut down your artifact count, and you, as you see, you never want to do that because it feeds your entire deck. Mm-hmm. Affinity-wise, Cradle Plating, everything. Yeah, I Master mean, material. you don't want to be on turn one short because, you know, for your thought cast, because the, the best thing to do is drop your hand and thought cast on turn one because it's just so frustrating for that player that you're playing against because they – there's no – it sucks because there's nothing good to counter except for Mox Opal, Springleaf, and Cranial Plating uh, right out the gate. And then later it's Master, Ravager, all those other ones. Tezzeret. Tezzeret. Tempered Steel. Is Disciple one mana? One yes, black. It's a black. It's one black, so Middle Misstep isn't as dead as I thought it was. Yeah, Middle Misstep's pretty good against that one. Okay. Well, but then that, again, you're, you're taking two, maybe, to... Yeah, yeah, it, it's definitely worth middle best Well, the thing is, you're, if you're dead, you're dead against this deck. If, yeah. you, if you can't stop them, you're just dead. I mean, Clay, I mean, I know I've played against it. I know you've played against it. I know Zach's played against it. You'll be like, I've got these motherfuckers on the rope. And it's like, oh, top deck cranial plating. You lose. And you're just like, ah, I guess so. It's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I guess that uh, concludes our... Uh, our uh, Budget deck of the week. I hope you guys check this out. Uh, if you play the deck and let us know how you're doing, play with the it. deck on Magic Workstation. Play it on, play it on uh, Moto if you got the cards. Uh, tell us, tell us which deck you like more. D- did you like Dayday's deck, Goose's deck, or my deck? And uh, just let us know. We we love the feedback. None of you pansies have left us any feedback. We got some so feedback. We did. Yeah, maybe you should fucking read. I don't know how to read. Oh, um, me neither. We're gonna we're gonna give our big ups uh, since it's Clay's. Uh, he's a guest. We're gonna let him go first. Most podcasts do a uh, shout out mm-hmm. where they shout out to their friends or whatnot. Well, we we're we're rogue, we're renegades, and we go big ups. We're, we're uh, <laughs> would you say we're Mavericks? Oh, I said we're going to infinity and beyond on this bitch. To infinity and beyond. Anyways. What's uh? Who's your big ups, Clay? Well, first, my first big ups would uh, have to be that Data and Zach here just for letting me be a guest on this yeah, podcast. Yeah. It's, uh, Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, You're so cute. Me? Whoa. I'm kidding. Whoa! Just got awkward. Freeze up. Glad. Continue with your big ups. Oh, oh my shoot, god! Tell me how to live my life. Bobby Panas. Um. Yeah, these guys right here and all my friends that uh. Played with over the past few months um, through everything, casual, the competitive play, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh, good, man. Big up to Top Games for being some good guys, selling me a lot of cards, and having a bunch of Friday nights for Magic where's for that, everybody. Where, where's that Top Games at? Uh, Gardendale, Alabama. Right sadly, off sadly, I don't think they're doing Magic anymore on Friday nights. Uh, it's every other Friday night. Yeah. No, actually, I talked to him today. Oh. He's he's wanting to do like a Monday night or a Wednesday night kind of just chill play. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I mean, I would be down for like a Monday night EDH deal or like a Monday night casual play. Mm-hmm. But like, because I know no one's gonna want to come up there and be like, oh, I'm playing Mirrorfolk and uh, like uh, you're playing uh, Dredge. 
that's fun times. No, like those are tournament decks, and you really just want to play test those. You don't want to go play them casually. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, I don't know. We're gonna try to get it up. It'd be nice to have a steady store where we live. But uh, thanks for the big ups. Thanks for being on the cast, man. Um, Zach, we're gonna go to you. You don't have any big ups. I'm last. Oh, bitch. you're last. Yeah, always. What is this? What Will is you this? open the show while close? Is it? Fine, whatever. All right, I, I gotta give big ups to uh, Legions uh, yesterday for having a fun little tournament. That was yesterday. fun. That was fun. I, I liked it. It's hot uh, as balls, but it was fun. It was, that air conditioning. Sadly, Clay had to work and he couldn't come yeah, down and smash all of our fucking faces. Whenever I get off these work these days, I'll be glad to. I gotta give big ups to to Kira Cole. She's this uh, awesome chick that uh, plays magic a little bit. She uh, we we lost touch for a while, uh, but we're we're starting to talk again. Uh, big ups to Clay's mom because he hates her. Dang right. I gotta make up for where he lost. Um, big big ups to Clay for being on the fucking scoop phase. Big ups to Day Day for looking like Bam Bam Bigelow. And yeah, I just toy picked. We're recording, so you guys will see it before you hear this. Um, yeah, I just twittered a picture of all three kinda of us casting. Like, kind of looks like uh, Bam Bam Bigelow had sex with John Travolta from uh, from Paris with Love, and this was the love job. I might kill you. I might well, murder you. Speaking of murder, who's your big ups? My big ups? Uh, my big ups are to Middle Misstep. <laughs> you hate Middle Misstep. Not since I put it in my goblin deck. Oh, so now that you use it, you are. My it. big ups are to Ten Street Hooligan for doing some mad fucking work this week. And my big ups are to my mother, the uh, best mother in the world. I, mean, I think we can all agree on that. Dorothy Manfield is a saint. She is a saint. I still haven't met your mother. Uh, there's a reason. Wonderful woman. She, um, no <sighs> that, that's been episode three, guys, of the Scoop Phase. That has been episode three. Um... Join us next week when uh, scooping the cards, so you don't have. No, we're not gonna do. Everyone's gonna sue us or throw. Like he's gonna like impregnate the both of us. I would never. That man is a baby making machine. I would never do that to Evan. Like he, like I was listening to something him earlier. Wait, scooping the cards, so you don't have. Are are we scooping for them? (laughs) You're conceding. Like, like, like. here we go. I'm just going to go ahead and play this, and I'll scoop up that for you. slavery, you scoop. Yeah. Anyways, follow us on Twitter at, at ScoopPhase, just all one word, at ScoopPhase. Follow um, our new friend Clay here, Clay underscore Y0, Clay Yo. And um, what's our uh, budget deck for next week going to be? I think our budget deck for the next week is going to be a... Wasn't it mono black? No, it's it's gonna be a toss up between mono black uh, elves or dredge. Okay. One of those three. Y'all let oh. us know what what you want to see next week. Yeah, let us let us. If I mean, we'll go over it. Yeah. Whatever you throw you, out. If y'all don't give us any response, we'll choose. But we we want y'all's response. We're gonna roll a three sided. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, we're out. Peace. Later, y'all.